Folks, welcome to Trainwreck tonight, 312. We have got a loaded up show for you. We'll be joined by Micah momentarily, and we'll have Gatesy popping in with some Sabres update. Unfortunately, we got to kick it off with the unfortunate loss in Jacksonville and the even more unfortunate loss of Matt Milano and Daquan Jones to injury. We'll have that talk. Again, Sabres talk coming up. UB is 2-0 in Mac play, and there was some wrestling action this weekend. So a lot to get into. With that said, let's go. Folks, welcome back here on Trainwreck tonight, 312, Monday, October 9th. Uh, yeah, Bill's unfortunately coming off a Sunday morning loss in London to the Jaguars. Let's get him in here. It's time to pay the bills, Mr. Micah. Um, happy, happy defeat Monday. Yeah, I feel like this is partly my fault, Maniac. I did a vic- I named our podcast on Thursday, Victory Thursday, and that might have just been might have been too long a celebration. Maybe should have kept it to 24 hours. But you live and you learn. We move on. I'll take that in. Be better this week. But I, I want to take accountability for my actions. I feel like that's part of the reason for the loss yesterday. Yeah, you know what? It's weird. I mean, three and two. It's not the record that bothers me. It's obviously some of the other stuff. But we'll get yeah. to that in a second. Uh, but it just feels like, yeah, there's always been, you know, September, October, November, quote, unquote, uncertainty at some point with McDermott mm-hmm. and this crew. And it kind of reminded me of the Jets game, and it definitely reminded me of the Jaguars game two years ago. I mean, just the entire time. You were on it all week, man. You were like, what, beware of this Jags game, and it Dude, was rung true. I, I mean, I don't know. I th- I, th- I thought they would be okay yet, and even in this game, I kept thinking that, you know, eventually they're going to score, especially when the defense started getting stops. Obviously, this ended up being a 25-20 game, uh, but the defense actually played pretty well for, what, that middle, like, 40 minutes or so. Uh, it was a bad first, you know, 12 and a bad second 12 minutes. Uh, yep. But yeah, that middle, uh, you know, 36 in the middle there was obviously solid. You saw some great stuff out of AJ at Vanessa. Um, but fortunately, the bad with news. With the ones being, up, baby. Yeah, get the ones up. Acknowledge, acknowledge our tribal treat, AJ Epi. 
Uh, but unfortunately, both Bills will now three and two. And the main story here is the injuries. Uh, you got Matt Milano. Um, he's got something going on with the knee. I guess I guess it's trending, quote unquote, in like a good direction because it's not like obliterated, I guess, is like what people are saying. But mm-hmm. um, it does sound like he's going to be 100 percent be out for the year and miss any potential playoff time. Um, Daquan Jones, who, you know, it seemed like, you know, I felt like when they were saying that Daquan Jones was out yesterday, that that was going to be maybe like a sprained ankle or something that was going to be a couple weeks and maybe take him out a month. Now you hear he's going to need surgery, apparently a torn pec. The only good news there, I guess, is that they're saying, you know, he might be able to go, you know, at 80. And then this is what everyone else is saying. Thigh doctor, Dr. Chow, you know, all, all the who's it done. It's on, uh, on, on Twitter. They're all saying that apparently he could be back in about two, three months, but, but he might not be a hundred percent, which is just brutal. Cause obviously he was playing at a very high level, Micah. Yeah, it's the that is the only thing that I really can take away. I don't care about the loss yesterday, the injury, no, and and even today, the double decker of knowing how serious Jones's injury, like you're saying, is. But Milano and Jones, like, just if you would have talked about them last year, if you would looked at the Bills' defense and been like, who are two players coming into this year? They can't. We don't know what they look like without, and don't want to see what they look like without. I would imagine these two were on the top of the list. Maybe Taron Johnson is the other guy who you could put in there. And we were almost there. We were almost at that point yesterday when Taron goes down. I'm like, what the fuck is this team going to And, and like? his go down was scary too because he was instantly grabbing at that knee. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was terrifying for the moment. It was, cra- it was like watching him run back out there was like the most excited I was yesterday because it was just like, thank God that we get at least Taron back on the field. But it was terrible injury luck. And I guess – you know, it hits it hits teams in the NFL. We've seen it impact contenders year to year. But my reality for the Bills' expectations, like the ceiling, it's just lower than it was yesterday. And that's kind of the reality of today. And it's just sad. Sad for Matt. Sad for Daquan. You know, especially Daquan, an older guy, like to have a series. Uh, I mean, both of them, they're both in their 30s. Like, you don't want to see injuries like this for guys later in their career at any time. So it's just a sad day. Of course. Hopefully we have some chupacabra cells for uh for Daquan to get back feeling in the right way. Nice. Obviously. Now <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned like your expectations for the team because obviously a lot of them shifted. You're seeing some takes out there, you know, the Bills cannot win a Super Bowl without mm-hmm. these players, without you know, with losing a Trey White and then these two mm-hmm. in an eight days span, I think uh was what Pat Moran was saying. The funny thing to me, and this mm-hmm. is just a kind of a side take, is that they're, they're they're at like virtually the exact same odds they were in the preseason right yeah. now. Now, obviously, a couple there's two things have shifted overall. The 49ers have shifted to to the to a substantial favorite in both the NFC and as the Super Bowl winner at around plus 400 in most spots. And the Dolphins have gained a lot of ground. Unfortunately, that 48-20 win feels like it was you know a, a lifetime ago. Feels like it was a century ago now because. Yeah, you're looking at the odds. Dolphins are 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. The Bills are 9 to 1. So the Bills did start around 8 to 9 to 1 to start the year. But yeah, the Dolphins have made up all that ground and then some. So they've kind of caught up as well. So that's the troublesome thing. The good news, the, the good spin zone is you haven't lost any ground. The good the bad news is that a lot of people have, have made ground on you. That's a good spin zone. I like that. I I I think that that's my biggest takeaway for looking at the AFC contenders and everything. The Bills are still in exactly where they belong in those odds and everything else. The AFC is full of flawed teams. Like every single contender in the AFC can reach great heights. Miami, incredibly flawed team, though. Even Kansas City, flawed team. Like they have not looked like the perfect Kansas City version. Obviously, yesterday 
was a good win with an injured Kelsey on and off. They were able to get a good road win, but we've seen chink like we've seen things in about all these teams that would be concerning to them when you talk about them as Super Bowl contenders. And I think from the Bills' perspective, you got to look at the optimistic side and look at the fastball that, which is what they're going to have to win with, is by relying on their fastball more than they ever had in previous iterations. And I think their two fastballs are. Stefan Diggs or, and or Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs and McDermott being a defensive mastermind. That's what they have to lean on this year. Those like they're two aces in the hole and see where the chips play after that. They just don't have a, they don't have what Brandon Bean has done built depth and built this complete team that would be able to, you know, be in different situations and succeed in all of them. They don't have that anymore. They still have great talent on this team, even with all these injuries though. So they could still make a Super Bowl. They could still win a Super Bowl. But the margin for error is so much smaller, and they really got to lean into what they do best and hope that it takes them home this year. It is just crazy. Like I said, it feels like the 48-20 was a lifetime ago. Yeah. Coming up that week, all the 30-point wins, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, speaking of time, speaking of wins, we are just moment away from bringing in Mr. 60 Seconds, uh, Gatesy. He's uh, hanging out in the green room. Uh, but real quick, two things we got to take care of business. Uh, Micah, on deck for the Bills. We got Giants. Saw the number. It's around 14, 14 and a half. Uh, so that's audacious. Uh, then they'll be at Patriots. And then mm -hmm. they'll be home against the Bucks again in prime time. Is this 3-0 and o to you still? I mean, th these are all bad DVOA defensive teams, quote unquote. So these should be prime matchups, even with some uh, some stuff on the defensive side. Yeah, I if they if they don't go three and zero, then the, the issues are deeper than we than we thought. This should be a three and zero stretch. This team should be six and two, and still with all the same question marks that they had before. I don't think that those things are going to change. I don't think any moves they can make will move the needle for me. Like you know, they br obviously brought back Josh Norman right before we hopped on here. Do not care about that at all. Don't like uh, don't need an older secondary member for a team that already has an old secondary and middle linebacker. You think they're, they're going to bring AJ Klein. Like that's, what's going to happen. I don't think that there's a big move coming for a linebacker. And I don't think they should make a big move for a linebacker. So I think McDermott's going to lean on himself to, to, to fix this. And that defensive line, which is still elite. Even I will say, I think a lot of people are underestimating, like, again, you, like it was just the injuries. I mean, my goodness, it, like, has there ever been a game you were like eight minutes in and you're kind of just like tapping out? Cause I, I mean, I, they were only down like, you know, eight, nothing, 11, nothing or whatever, but I definitely was, it was ridiculous. Like the injuries, everything piling up. It just felt like, you know, you wanted to be done with the game already, but yeah, it should be some good uh, opportunities on deck for the bills to stack wins. And speaking of stacking wins, Folks, if you want to see stacking wins, you get the opportunity to see five companies win $1 million at 43 North Finals this Thursday. Shea's Performing Arts Theater. We have limited tickets left. Get to 43north.org to get your free tickets today. So get in on that action. Speaking of action, I woke up today. I didn't think it was going to be a big Buffalo news day. Obviously, there was Bill's injury news to come. I wasn't looking forward to it. Little do I know, I checked my phone. And I was filled with 60 seconds of glee as Rasmus Dahlin finally signs the deal, Gatesy. He gets the business done, and we're locked up till 2030 and beyond with, with our with our uh, little Swedish boy. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all hoping this would happen over the summer. We heard rumors that, you know, once August 1st hits, it's locked in stone. And then, you know, we get to this point, we're like, oh, my God, it's almost the season starts on Thursday. And then this morning we wake up to the best news possible. I think we're all all happy to see him locked into eight years. 
Seriously. And now I, this is what I'm going to say because I've got to say it. I thought back to the last time the Sabres handed out like a big eight-year deal to like a franchise piece. And, and, and with respect to Thompson, Samuelson, and Co., it reminded me of the Jack Eichel deal. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, we're going to have Jack Eichel till like 2024 or something. I think like 2025. And unfortunately that didn't come to be. But with that said, it does seem like the mantra and the mindset of Rasmus Dahlien is like, he's here to stay and he's here to make sure this is fully turned around. That Insta- that Instagram post had some swag on it, a little stank on it if you saw it. Yeah, that, that was one of the cooler things I saw. And to get that out by 8 a.m., props to the team. That, that was pretty nice. But, I mean, th- thinking about a maniac, just locking these guys in long term, that, that's music to my ears at this point. And with the, the contract you talked about earlier of Thompson, Cousins, like they, they took a little bit off so we could pay pay Darlene, pay some other guys down the road too. So I think everyone's this, happy. This felt like when you survived like a morning hangover to me, Micah. Like it was terrible. You thought today was just going to be the most brutal day. And then at least, hey, you get a little good news to kick it off. I was so happy to see that this morning. I mean, I kind of figured – that it was, you know, we had the report early in the summer. I think it was from our guy, Chad Meninesis, who had it, that said it was eight for 10, basically done, right? And so it, it felt like they were like, uh, the Sabres have done a, a lot of this where they announce things on their terms. There's not, there's not a lot of things that get out of both One Bill's Drive and, and the Sabres. Like there's not a lot of leaks from these places. You usually get them from like one to two sources and that's about it. So it wasn't like the most shocking thing to see it done before the season, but I wasn't expecting to see it at the way it was going at this point. Figured they do it at the beginning of camp, something like that. Maybe he wanted that extra, you know, half million a year, or whatever, but 11 doesn't feel crazy to me at all, especially with the deals that, like you said, the deals they have on the other guys too. Like it really opened, they're allowed, like, they don't have to team build and budget the same exact way right now with a guy like Darlene because of that flexibility that Thompson and Cousins deals offer them. And with whatever other deals are coming in the future, like that, that flexibility probably is the reason that they got this deal done now when it is. So it's huge. I mean, obviously I think the world of Darlene, I think he is still a Doris trophy in the future in the right term, like everything, like everything is in front of him still. And to have this best team that hopefully the best team that they've had on the ice with him involved, he'll actually get the the notoriety that goes along with the contract. Cause I still saw too much like, Oh, he's not even a top five, top 10 guy and everything else. Like, man, this team, do you remember what this team looked like the first couple of years? Like, of course he was going to not have the same resume right now as some of his other peers that he's coming in everything else. You got to just use the context. The guy has been incredible though. And I'm not going to yeah. Go he ahead, was a main defenseman for the Sabres. I think he had 73 points in 78 games. He was also one of their better defenders as a whole on the PK, everything. Like, he's really improved his game on both aspects of the ice, especially after Ralph Kruger. Like, those couple years there really made his, his career into a U-turn, but Don Granato's changed the course. He's back in the right direction. I think it's only up from here. Like, he's only, what, 23? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, he's barely old enough to drink. And you made a great point there, Gates. It all changed, obviously, when Granado came into the picture. Because I'm not going to lie, Kruger had me slipping on Dalian a little bit. I was kind of like entering that crowd. It's like, do we want to pay this guy $10 million plus a year, like down the line, et cetera, et cetera. And he's kind of unlocked that player. So happy to obviously see that. And we've said that with Granado. It's a continuing theme. He just seems to get the most out of all these players, all these assets. Uh, and we are very, obviously, excited to have Darlene into the 2030s. Uh, with the Sabres starting this week, um, I was curious on your guys' thoughts real quick, because obviously 
we've seen that Comrie and UPL can play well for spurts. And it seems like they're going to obviously be a part of this roster for the early part of the season, no doubt, uh, with Levi needing someone to back him up or be there on the, on the two spot on the depth chart. With that said, do you think that maybe you go to ride those guys a little bit more early just to give Levi as much space? Or do you want to kind of get Levi into a groove early and kind of get as many of those more NHL reps as he can, considering what? He's played like seven to eight games uh, down the stretch last year. Gatesy, just curious your thoughts there, especially as a goaltender. I'd say 100%. One, because one, you need Levi to, to play out of his mind for this team to know, take that next step to the playoffs. But you need that secondary and, and now third that third tier of goaltending. You need those guys to step in when, you know, if, if Levi has a tough game or he just needs a break. And you look at the rest of his career, he played in college where – what they he's playing what 30 games a season at most um 30 40 games you get to the nhl season it's a grind he needs that support from upl from Comrie to take the load off of him plus he's he's also what 22 again to give him the keys which i, I think a lot of fans are like yeah i am comfortable giving lead by the keys but you know it's it's ease our way into it and that's not just you know throw him out there to the wolves from game one hope for the best let's let's ease our way into it Comrie looked good in the preseason. UPL is going to bounce back. I think we got a good three-headed monster here in net. I'm I'm more than okay with this. Like I'm more than whatever. I think they're throwing they're going to throw Levi to the wolves, and I think that's fine. I think he's going to answer and respond. And I don't think there's a there's no better answer out there. There's no everybody is like bring somebody in. It's like okay, where and bring him in, and what's the price and everything? Like this is the best, most cost-effective option at goalie and i think he's gonna be better than all the options like the kid has done it every single stop of his career has out has exceeded the expectations that were put on him so i just am gonna bet that he does it again the Sabres goaltending situation is like luke skywalker being stuck on tatooine <laughs> at the beginning of a new hope now again the millennium falcon ends up being a legendary vehicle but out the start there's a little bumps there's a little bruises i think that ultimately they're kind of accepting that going into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there might be a start where Devin Levi allows five to six goals. I don't think we're going to act like the world is ending, plain and simple. I just do not like, right? Like, because no. the whole idea, I, I always see them talk about, yeah, bringing up a guy from the AHL, the NHL. You want to be careful because you want to be able to maintain his confidence and things like that. I feel like the fact that he's going right from college to the NHL, he's got all the confidence in the world. This guy's painting his own helmet. This guy's ready to rock. And you see everything off the ice about Levi. Like, he, he has that it mentality in his head like he's just he's not your average prospect calling up there, there's something a little different about him which isn't fantastic i think he can take on this workload and he can take on this pressure and he's going to run with it and you know there's going to be bumps along the way look at the last preseason game he played and he gave up seven and you know th- that's going to happen the sabers team is a run and gun style team and it doesn't really matter who's in it a lot of the night they're going to give up goals it's just the, the nature of how this team is built currently the Sabres team to me is like Bill Murray in Space Jam. Hilarious and doesn't play very much defense, but might be good for some memorable moments. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll see that coming up. But hey, speaking of memorable moments, we'll go in with our panel here on the Sabres. We'll talk maybe one reason for optimism on the other side of this message from our sponsor, Outlet Liquor. Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? All right, folks. It's the reason for the season presented by Outlet Liquor. Uh, I'll let either of you guys start. I'm looking for one reason for optimism. Savers are currently at 0-0, tied for first in the NHL. uh, We got the, well... We got the police on us, but uh, 
With that said, one reason for optimism as we go into the season here with the Sabres. I think it just comes strictly down to vibes right now. We look how last season ended with basically the same team. You add in Benson on top of that. I mean, Quinn's hurt. He'll come back. I, I think this team is poised to make that run. And obviously, they're not going 82-0. We all know that. They're going to be lost along the way. There's going to be some skids. But I think this team is built to make that run. They're young. They're fun. I think that Sabres bandwagon, it's starting to grow again, Maniac. I think we're starting to, you know, we feel some some good vibes here in Buffalo toward the Sabres. And I, I think this 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 is it. Like, we know it's it might be a long year at times, but toward the end, they're going to hunker down. They're going to be fun to watch. And they're I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs. I mean, this team missed the playoffs by one point. One, one point. point. And they got better than last year. So that's yes. my reason for optimism. Like, this team was ready to make the playoffs last year if they don't lose what was however many games in a row. I've tried to block it out of my memory. But if that doesn't happen, they're in the playoffs safely. And I feel like this team is a better roster overall. Everybody, all young players, you assume improvement. Don't know how much. It could be vast improvement. Like, everybody, I saw a lot of things were like, Tage, oh, well, Thompson got 96 points last year, but there's no way he could top out on that or whatever it was. I'm like, that's what you said about him the year before, too. Like, uh, Thompson's Thompson's ceiling does not exist. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with it anymore. So, yeah. You want to talk who, whose ceiling doesn't exist, too? Two years ago, I, I love to just say that this guy was shooting with a mop. He could get himself at any scoring spot. He could he could outwork anybody. He would out hustle anyone, and that was why he was able to score. You know, like like twenty goals or whatever at that point. But Dylan Cousins, man, if that scoring touch takes another step from what it did from the year prior, I mean, my goodness, you're talking about a thirty to thirty five goal scorer for sure. You pair that with Tage. You pair that with some of the potency that this team has. And, and at the end of the day, you know. The vibes are just fucking better. I hate to say it. Listen, Jack Eichel might have a Stanley Cup, and it might not be with the Buffalo Sabres. But at the end of the day, I'm not seeing anyone hanging their heads on this squad. I'm not seeing anyone, like, breaking sticks for no reason. I mean, really? it's just It just feels good to be a Buffalo Sabre going into this season, Monday, October 9th. Maybe I'll eat those words in a month, but... Uh, we'll see. We'll probably have our trademark Sabres hot start where they're like 6-0-2 and <laughs> they're the talk of the town. Uh, but yeah, looking very lo- much looking forward to that. And speaking very much looking forward to that, what a week ahead in the wrestling world. Let's take a look back. We got a great mm. panel for this, Gatesy, Micah, and myself. WWE Fastlane Fallout. So obviously, I think the mega surprise was, not mega surprise, but, but maybe a little bit more shocking, was Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. Uh, becoming the new WWE Tag Team Champs. Micah, I got to tip my cap to you. You called that one. You saw that coming a mile away on uh, on Saturday's show, for sure. They they were apparently ready for it. They had the bottles ready in the locker room after, and those guys partied hard after that. But, yeah, man, it was uh, – we are at least in the top of the fifth of the Bloodline story now with Cody winning Halfway the tag or Jay. Yeah, at least the top of the fifth. That's the most exciting thing for me is they're going to show up Friday – Roman Reigns returns once again to SmackDown on Friday and Cody and Jey Uso show up as tag champs. What is that man going to do? So that's the most interesting thing going on that they pulled off out of this with the tag team title uh, victory on Saturday for me. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly, the only thing better than that match was their press conference afterwards. Those (laughs) two together. I don't know what was going through their veins, but we need more of that. I could just watch those two or as many substances as possible, talk on the mic because they were such a blast to listen to. And I'm excited to see what happens this week now with the Bloodline stuff because, dare I say, am I I back in? I've been out for a little bit, but I might be back in now. 
Oh no! Oh, the mute monster strikes no. again. Not oh. the mute monster. <laughs> Typically, we, when we have a big week ahead in wrestling, we're like, oh, you know, is it is it what's going to go down on Monday? Or oh, mm-hmm. can't wait till Friday or the, oh Wednesday. But this week, it's all about the Tuesday nightmare. Like, what is going on on Earth? If I'm Tony Khan, I am emptying the clip this Tuesday. I don't (laughs) care what happens. I'm pulling out everything I can. I'm looking like Omega Jericho to open the show. I don't even. I don't even care what happens. I mean, this is insane. WWE is literally going nuts with NXT. No commercials. We got the Undertaker gong. And by the way, Cody Rhodes' reference to the Undertaker gong was hysterical, right? Was, wasn't he the one that was like, "There's some interesting music that wasn't there." Like, you're like, dude, like, oh my gosh, like, bro, like, like, it's insane. It's insane. It's obviously, it's just like we've said with everything for the last twelve to fifteen months that, like, it is hard because we are AEW slanted with all the great momentum they had in 2021 and everything. But it is just an amazing time to be a wrestling fan right now. It's beautiful i mean it's literally like a wrestlemania night if you want to watch them back to back just it's like a wrestlemania night like a pay-per-view night right there like the between the actual matches and who knows what surprises and everything they try to pull off uh it's it's gonna be insane i don't know about you but i think that's that's how i'm gonna go with it just go back to back and just go like four hours straight of incredible wrestling but i don't know man it's like tony khan he's got a great card set up they announced MJF and Tony Storm appearing, which are two things that are usually Papa rating in a segment. So those and, are and don't forget he got the titles on on Big Bill before this. So that's they, that's gonna, that's gonna pop Bill's a number too. That's, that's gonna pop huge. a number. You know, Swerve Brian, Hangman Jay White, like the mat. You can't get better matches than that, but they're gonna lose to NXT. Like that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, that's, that's why the, it sucks. The discourse is gonna be nuts on Wednesday, regardless. But it's gonna be fun. NXT. The Cody Rhodes major announcement is just Chef's kiss touch to that. Whoever whoever put the final say on the major announcement graphic. Do you have I any predi- Do you have any prediction for the major announcement? Uh, I think it's the Dusty Classic Tag Team Classic coming back. Okay. Nothing. Nothing really. Maybe Jay's down there with him. But they're just, yeah, they're just, you know, poking fun That's at TK nice, in man. any way that so, they can do it. So let's talk about that storyline then real quick. We won't talk about them all wrestling because you just laid it out. Again, great landscape right now. Awesome time ahead. And obviously, Roman isn't losing the titles in the next six months. It's not going to happen until like mania of next year at the earliest. So with that said, let's talk the Jay Uso, Cody Rhodes tag team storyline. My immediate knee-jerk reaction, if you're saying we're in the top of the fifth, then I'm thinking we're slated for a Royal Rumble tag team championship match. Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes against Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Mm. And then I think you can see probably all of them in the Royal Rumble match as well. Great way to get them all on the card more than once. Um, and then, yeah, but I, I think that's a, a given. And do you think that given that there is about half left in the storyline that Jay is ultimately going to turn on Cody? I, I think that's got to be a play at some point to really like if Cody's going to complete his story, he needs another sort of adversity mm. to come along his way. And, and if Jay gets him one more time, like I think that Cody just can be that ultimate baby face going into mania that everyone and their mother is going to want to see him to th- throne Roman, defeat the bloodline finally and, and just sail off into the sunset. Mm. 
what if uh, yeah man there's so many different ways they can go with the jay cody relationship and it was like the one thing though is jay's not going to go back to the bloodline because no. what they wanted to do was make him a main event superstar that was yes. literally like a listed outside talking to magazines like goal of what they had and they're not going to have him go back and be a puppet now so we know that's not going to happen they're not going to put him in a weird jimmy situation where he is right now yeah we could see something like maybe they have maybe they have a match leading up to the rumble and one of them fights Roman at the rumble. And that's how they do it. Like it's that's how you split Jay and Cody up is both of them really just want the title from Roman. And then they just, they get it too into it and see what the, bottom of the third for Ro slick. Really slick does not like the length of this story. He was, he well, was, let, well, you have to be uh, honest by WWE that. storytelling standards. It's insane. It's a new WWE, world though. It's a it new is world. a new world. It is a new world. Maybe we are now in the world where we are going to get like the, like the shortest storyline is going to be six months and there's only going to be two matches, not like four to six. Like we saw mm -hmm. with Cesaro and Sheamus where they have it. <laughs> novel, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like we hopefully, and again, you saw that story. That it was a big story today as well. And speaking of good news, was that you know you look peripherally at everything happening with WWE booking the you know the prominence of the tag titles, IC titles being the main event on Raw does seem to see that those are more Triple H things. Paul Levesque, as far as control is concerned, so that's a great storyline in itself for wrestling fans, kind of following what's going on there with Endeavor. Could be a House of Cards situation, boys. Literally. And I feel like since we've been watching wrestling, it's only been a, a one, you know, one company show until recently. And the fact that wrestling just exploded in the past couple of years because of that, like, it's only up from here. And it's just, I love getting back into the swing of this all again. I think that's the craziest part is that it's exploded so much. And this change at the top of WWE is that nobody knows what to expect anymore. Like everybody thought they had it all figured out. Like, oh, we know Vince is going to pull this shit, whatever. And now no one knows. And that made wrestling fans way more insecure than they already were about knowing what's going on in this product. And it's created like this fervor around everything that happens. It makes wrestling fun. Like not knowing yeah. what, where the story's going to go next. Like it, you lose that you know, you just get into it a bit more. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, hey, the fans are winning. That is for certain. Speaking of winning, UB football, 2-0 and in MAC play. Five-point favorites over Bowling Green this weekend. So uh, we'll look forward to catching up with the team uh, tomorrow at yeah. practice and seeing what they got to say. I'm sure they'll all be in a great mood. It's great to see 2-0 and in MAC play after the 0-4 start out of conference. Was the exact same thing that happened last year. So mm -hmm. again, you're watching this story with you know very very, very interested right now. So we'll see. Uh, but the defense is playing great, uh, Micah. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. not gonna I'm not gonna put you too bad to the burner here, but really really could have used the golden flash on Saturday. <laughs> don't don't bet on a golden flash. Don't bet on a golden flash. I'm, I'm hoping for three wins this year. Like if they can get to over two and a half, I'll be a a happy flash. I was, we called it last week though. We said they all they had to do was get by Akron and maybe the floodgates will open. And the floodgates definitely opened against Central Michigan on Saturday. They're, they're so. playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, two pick sixes over there for UB. You love to see that. We'll be catching up Hell at practice. Yeah. Um, big, obviously, let's go over the week ahead because we got a lot happening on all fronts here with all our panel. Um, so let me kick it off. We will be at Sports City Pizza Pub on Saturday in the evening for. Sabres game and college football action. I will also be at a 26 shirts uh, Saturday night tailgate uh, with a lot of out of town fans coming in on Saturday night. That'll be a little bit earlier and then I'll make my way over to sports city, but slick co will all be holding it down at where every day is game day. 
Sports City Pizza Pub. And then before that, on Thursday, we obviously have 43 North Finals going nuts there. And then Gatesy, big week ahead with the Sabres. I think we're targeting a, uh, a CSP maybe tomorrow. And then obviously the season launches on Thursday. Yeah, it's crazy. We, we've been talking, at least I've been talking Sabres online all summer. And I didn't, never thought we'd get to the day where we're actually having real games again. But Thursday night, Buffalo Sabres. Also, 43 North. Big day for the city of Buffalo there. Seriously. And then Micah, NBA season. We're, we're on the fringe here. Like about, We're about to get into it. About two weeks out. It's gonna. We're almost there to the sweet, the perfect time, the golden era of sports that I say. We get the World Series, basketball, hockey already two weeks in, football. It's a great time. So, yeah, huge, huge NBA a couple weeks, college football weekend, a huge Saturday, Notre Dame, USC. It's a Notre, it's Dame, a, Notre Dame favorites there. A lot of people are perplexed there. Mm, I'm not perplexed. I'm picking Notre Dame. But, uh, yeah, it's a okay. good, good. It's going to be a great weekend, great couple weekends of college football. Love it. Beautiful time of the year. Seriously. Hey, and shout out to Mr. Micah for co-hosting along here with the last two weeks. Shout out to Gatesy for joining us. Uh, any other shout outs, boys, before we sign off here on TT312? Mm. Hey, I mean, it's almost clobbering time. CM it Punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost time. Um, I can't people, wait to hear the reference tonight. Everybody go crazy. Yeah, you know it's yeah, every, I'm so over all these references. Corey Graves has one thing that was a quote, like eight I'm, different things, and all of a sudden everyone's losing their brain. I'm just saying they did it with Cody too. I'm just saying. Now, real Same quick though, references. was 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 CM Punk having like amazing matches? In AEW, I think he was having above average matches. And the MJF matches, I will never forget. But okay, that might okay. just be because Max is once in a generation. Who knows? I, I just don't know. You know, like I, I do get it. Like you know, and I and I, I have foot and mouth because when Cody Rhodes went back to WWE, I was saying that there's no way they'll push him as a star. They're gonna put him in their mid card and like just make him like at best like an IC guy. And although he hasn't won anything above that yet, mm -hmm. I am kind of wrong in the way they push him. Although it was merch and it was the fans, you know, WWE yeah. does tend to be driven that way. So I'll eat that, but very interested to see uh, what happens. And speaking of interested to see what happens, real quick shout out to all the companies competing at 43 North Finals. We are always competing. We always want to win. We always want to stack wins. Hopefully the Sabres are stacking wins. Hopefully the UB will stack another win this weekend against Bowling Green. And hopefully the Bills. I mean, I'll just take a three-point win against the Giants. I don't care what happens on, on, on Sunday Night Football. No injuries and a three-point win. Sign me up. Yeah. Hey, shout out, everyone. Make sure you are following along on all the platforms. Apple, Sorry, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube. YouTube. And make sure to have a good night now. No.